Through the Looking Glass, a tale unfolds. A tale ancient and primal in nature. Two siblings, alike in their opposition, set out against each other. In their rejection of each other and in their loneliness, the two create life. Life beautiful, diverse, strange, and unique. But life incomplete. And they knew it. Still, the two flaunted their creations to each other. They preen, they parade, they measure. But the creations do none of that. The creations bared, they tore, they warred. And so the two sent them away. And their creations bared and tore and warred until there was little left to bear and tear and war over. Then they stopped. They talked. They thought. They became something new. Why did the two abandon us? Why did they leave us to kill each other? Why did they leave us alone? Why did they leave us alone together? Their answer? They were made flawed. Incomplete. Imperfect. Then the creation learned of the gods. And learned of the mortals the gods created. And they wept. And they raged. And they sulked. And they sorrowed. That is, until the gods left. And these creations found a way in. They pushed against the boundaries. They couldn't break through, but they could twist. They could influence. They could haunt. To lash out. To destroy. To find meaning. To war. But some who felt their own pain and saw it reflected in mortals longed to be complete in a new way. Through togetherness. Through symbiosis. Through dreams. We, the quarry, came where and when we could. Finding those we could live alongside and help. And to learn. And to grow. But the original children have made a bridge somehow. And now, seek to start their glorious war. five of you, the members of the Golden Tree Adventuring Guild, the Fortunate, and a few frogs, are brought back to the plane that you know, to the familiar, albeit strange, surroundings that you found yourself in, having witnessed a vision, a vision through the foggy lens of Val's strange magnifying glass. This is not a story any of you have ever heard, have never heard whispered about nothing. You knew there were two, 
who created others and sent them away. Then the two created the gods who created mortals. But that was as far as your myths, legends, and dogmas went. This tells an expanded story. So, these two, are you saying they made this world? That's what all the scriptures say in the in the temples. Everywhere there is the story of creation about the two that came together. They fought, they they built, they created life on Rixia. The two created what we know as God, the God of life, the God of nature, and from there they created mortals and and more gods to reflect our experience on this earth. The God of the forge, the God of death and the grave to be symbols that we could worship, but that's where the tales end. But they created life before mortals and sent that life away. So we now know more about them. There were tales in the scriptures of their original creations fighting against each other and being banished somewhere far away. All the tales say that was the end of it. They were never to be seen again, but... We now know more of their existence after the banishment. That some chose to reach out to mortals and help and grow, while others live to fight the mortals in what they say is a glorious war. Oh, so when you say that Vakri was called a traitorous spirit, you mean that he was a traitor because he decided to help mortals? Given the story, I think that's right. This raises so many questions. I mean, the information that Vakri gave us not only gives more color, more context to writings that we've had for hundreds of years, but where did these original creations come from? Why are they here now? Why do they why are they fighting us? It just it doesn't make any sense. Valeska, I have a question for you. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I chuckle because I was about to say Val has gone quiet at this moment and has taken a journal out and has been writing. In your um, encounters with Vakri, have they used any kind of um, magic? I always kind of imagine it as more like dream logic. That's kind my of thought. Magic. It's like I. It's in my mind and is the closest thing to Val has as a dream. And like, there would be no reason to perform magical feats or anything like that. It's kind of like, does it count as using magic if you're in a library and you're like, oh, that reminds me of this book and the book appears in your hand if it's in a dream, you know, like. (laughs) To Val, that would seem normal because she doesn't know what dreaming is. So that would just be like the logic of, of a mind library and would not be magic. Yeah. So Val would answer you, no. Do they use music? There is music in my mind library, but Vakri. I am a large number of the things we have faced 
the more powerful things we have faced seem to be using abilities that um, use music. The creature that was taking over or untethering the tethered mm. was using music. The cord caller was using music. Could be that the more powerful magics use music. For instance, inhabiting somebody's brain, mind, sounds like a powerful magic and may use music. Did you hear music as I fell unconscious? I don't think we heard anything like that. No, but you said music plays in your mind palace. Not unless I am practicing. I have misunderstood. I'm having sorry. Not to... vis- having not visited the mind palace. <laughs> I didn't get invited. <laughs> I had to go and save your butts. No, I, I had to spend all night inside of a tree hiding from cat creatures and houses that were trying to eat me. Yes, let's talk more about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe we should put some more distance between us and these cat tentacle creatures that are following us. The fortunate has been quiet this whole time. And as soon as you say that, kind of snaps them out of whatever was going on. They kind of step forward and step kind of lockstep with you, Cass. And they nod and say, I'm sure Selv did a good job of getting them off our tails. And this ravine will help. But I don't love the look of what's ahead of us. And they kind of gesture at the suddenly very tall grasses that you guys are kind of starting to be surrounded by. Um, And again, we're talking seven plus feet tall of grass, where as soon as you are in it, you will not be able to see where you are. This is like corn maze levels. Precisely. That's, that's That's a great comparison. So the fortunate just kind of nods and says, I also think we should, we can walk and think, and let's do that instead of sit and think. I don't know. I lost the thread, but I think we should move. Agreed. Agreed. Everybody hold hands. <laughs> uh, Val would take out a rope and tie us all together. Smart. But before you guys get to walking, Sophie, would you? like to open up the Discord message that I sent you. Yes, I <laughs> Sent this to you before the session. The magnifying glass is a magic item. Ooh. I mean, obviously, yeah. but like, <laughs> but also does other stuff. It's not just one use. It's not, yeah. It doesn't just show you the one thing that Valkyrie This message will you. self-destruct <laughs> in yeah, right. 30 seconds. Exactly. Val now has in her possession the liminal looking glass. Which is a what level item? Wondrous item. Legendary, in fact. Oh, wow. Ooh. Requires attunement by an asterisk. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't say that, but it does say that. A simple magnifying glass by all appearances, save for the fact there seems to be no glass within its frame. When used, a ghostly mist forms there instead. While attuned to this item, you are aware of the number of sentient creatures around you within 30 feet, although not their position or who they are. In addition, when looking through this magical looking glass, 
at a sentient creature, you are able to see their surface thoughts in floating fragments of misty magic, both in words and images. In addition, the ability to cast Identify once per day. Hey. I will also tell you, it has it does other stuff. Ooh. But just not yet. Gotcha. Quick, Val, what am I thinking? Val holds up the magnifying glass in front of Checkers. Yes. You just hear like an endless stream of hi. <laughs> hi. 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 But hi, I also, hi, because it's hi. images, I just see an uh, image of Checkers waving. Yeah. <laughs> yes. In cartoon drawing? Yes. Yeah. Entirely. I would like to say that item was not made by me. Uh, it was made in conjunction with me, but it was made because I won a Twitter contest from The Home Bakery, which is a 5E home brewer. Makes some really amazing magic items, magic shops, uh, all sorts of fun supplements. You can find out more about them at the underscore home bakery on Twitter, or you can check their card, which is thehomebakery.card, C-A-R-R-D dot co. Heck yeah, thank cool. you. Ooh, Neat. Thanks, Riz. Right. And now you can cast Identify on any magical items that need identifying. So, say, if you wanted to check out the ring that you found. Indeed. Who has it? Uh, You have it. Great, I have it. Because you it were out. trying to identify it before. I take out the ring and okay. look at it through the magnifying glass. Because Val is... Ooh, I get identified. Let's try it. <laughs> Let's see I, if it actually I works. I imagine you're just like a kid with like the magnifying glass trying to like kill an The ant. fortunate <laughs> and cast are like, we got to move. And I was like, what, okay, just, one second. Yeah. What, if, what if just this really quick? How how big is the looking glass and can Val wear it as a monocle? <laughs> Ooh, uh, I don't, uh, hmm. I'll have to think about that. Whether it's one of those, you know, kind Should of like. Should she? No. no. Can she? <laughs> right. Sure. Is it one of those like magic items that like resizes to the wearer size, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever? And so if you just like press it up against your eye, will it just be like, I guess I'm a monocle now. I'll have to think about how oh, magic items work. Ooh, uh, I just thought of something. No. It was like, <laughs> like Mad Eye Moody. You know, it'd be like that, but it's like inside your head and just like flips around. Why would it be inside your head? Why not outside of <laughs> just lenses? Like, yeah, Steve, why wouldn't it because, be that? Because those are called glasses. I guess. And now, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by A Foul Light Shines, a new free serial novel based on a D&D campaign. The Empire of Fire and Water has known 20 golden years of peace since the end of Agenion's War a peace which is now in peril. When a ragtag group of friends intervene in a grotesque monster attack, they're too late to save a wounded man who leaves them with an encrypted journal and the words, Trust no one, Tyre. Can the gang find Tyre, escape the claws of more strange monsters, and uncover the lurking threat to the Empire before it's too late? This story features themes of found family and strength in diversity and is available for free on Campfire and Royal Road. A foul light shines. Come for the fantasy. Stay for the cheese-obsessed goblin gunslinger. Hi, everyone. David here with The Midroll. We hope you've been enjoying the episode so far. If you want more of the Reckless Attack crew, come join the community on Discord. The link is in the show notes of the episode and on our website, 
RecklessAttack.com. If you want to support the show, head on over to Patreon, where you can get access to our behind-the-screen talkback series, as well as our new series, Reckless A Snack, where we eat snacks and chat about the question of the day. As always, if you like the show, be sure to tell a friend about it too. Thanks so much for listening. And now, back to the episode. Val. Mm-hmm. Whew. We'll start with the easy bit. This item is called the Ring of the Bear. As a reminder, this magic item came after you guys participated in the spectral battle. This was Prince Robard. Prince Robard, whose symbol was a bear. First, the wearer is immune to fear. Once a day, as a bonus action, up to four other individuals you can see within 45 feet of you gain advantage on saving throws against fear. If they are already under the effect of fear, they immediately get a new save and advantage. The wearer also gets plus one to all saves. Finally, is Steeled Resolve, which lets you, as a bonus action, spend up to three hit dice. Now, it occurs to you, Val, as you are casting Identify on this, based on how you found it, based on the information you're getting, and based off of what you know about this phenomenon, there's a chance that this is an object of focus. If that is the case, and only and and may uh, I I won't say your characters wouldn't necessarily expect it, but it just doesn't happen. You people don't stumble across objects of focus. Most of them are destroyed or taken or are well known. But now, Val, that you've cast identify on it, this is maybe an object of focus, which means a it's probably much more powerful than what you are reading now and B it is probably the most powerful magic item you have ever held this is an artifact level item and a lot of people would be very interested in this not just for study but to have I'll put it that way Val after learning all of this information, just pauses to absorb the gravity of what she's holding. And I think pauses so long that <laughs> Cass starts yelling at her. Right, like, everyone's getting yeah. ready Come and on. this is happening. Yeah. We're like, we gotta go. We all agreed, right? Like, we've been packing up after, like, getting all the rope back, and you're yeah. still standing there, like, peering off the edge of the cliff, looking at this ring. Mm-hmm. Checkers is just like, ah, so it doesn't do anything. That's too bad. Val must be really bummed, just yeah. staring at the ring, bummed that yeah. it's not doing she, anything. She hasn't said anything in, like, ten minutes, so it's gotta be worthless. So Val would mostly just be pausing because the information was thoroughly unexpected and significant. So as Cass barks at her to hurry up, we got to go, she kind of snaps too and then starts packing everything up, puts the ring in a safer pocket, and will start marching forward and 
as she kind of wraps her head around it a bit more, waits for the appropriate time in the conversation to be like, whoa, guys. (laughs) Yeah, and to like set both Val's understanding of this and probably everyone else's, like that's why the Pentarchy was able to dominate is because they had tons of objects of focus. That is why Berka has powers and has like a fraction of one and is able, was able to be a full-fledged adventurer Mm -hmm. because of just a tiny bit of one. Kingdoms are made and lost and fought over for these. And you found one in the dirt. Um, I think it was more given to us. There was, but, yeah, there was the, a process. Yeah. It was, I get it. You're right. You're technically right. I get that. Val would start pondering if the object of focus was created at the point of yeah. Prince Robard's stand or as we stood with him. So that's an important question. There has been no new objects of focus made on Rixia after, like, since the reign of the Pentarch. Mm-hmm. So that is a key question because a getting an object of focus at all is important. If it was created now, like last night or yesterday or whatever, that changes everything. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Good to know. Um, also, and then Val will now jump into. The ring of the bear and tell the group everything it does and then also this ring may I don't know for sure but given what we saw in the echo it could be an object of focus I- Interesting. That doesn't make any sense. There are no more objects of focus. I mean, they're all, like, used and taken. I have the same questions, but that is... That is the magic I potentially see. I'm just trying to decide. Checkers thinks of the object of focus as just, like, powerful magic items. Like, Absolutely. He doesn't, he doesn't understand, really, their significance in history. Yeah. Totally. Or, you know, what we were talking about were they were the cause of, of the rise of empires. He's like, oh, so that's like a, that's a cool magic item is what you said. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, yes. Neat. Not inaccurate. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and Kaskrin knows them as like, you know, weapons of powerful rulers and, and conquerors and like things, again, from like myths and fairy tales. It's not something he would ever see or be around. Especially on this part of the world where the Pentarchy made a point to have all of them. That is, is, again, part of why the Pentarchy was so dominant is because they got control over all the objects of focus in this continent, basically. And so Kaskin's really like, Oh, you know, you 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 just got the looking glass thing. Like, you're probably just using it wrong. (laughs) Like, you're reading whatever it told you. Weirdly. Have you recalibrated recab- right. it since maybe, you got it? Maybe or? that was the last setting, the last thing it Yeah, it, like it all read. items are objects of focus now. Cool. That it, that it tells you. <laughs> Sophie is unamused. Yeah. Sophie and Val, unamused. He doesn't say that, but like that's just like, oh, it's an object of focus. Of course it is. I don't know if we went through like a, an actual description, but in my head, for some reason, I'm picturing like a silver 
silver ring. It's like a wedding band. It, it is, is what, it, band. Okay. what it really reminds it's you of. It's pretty simple, right? Yeah, it's actually, it's doesn't really even have like anything of note on it. It seems pretty normal other than the fact that it's maybe one of the most magical things you've ever seen in your entire life. <laughs> Does it feel any different than anything else that we have? Are, as you're touching it, does it, like, resonate tingle. with it? Yeah, does it tingle? Does it resonate with anything? I've always kind of imagined, like, magic items to an extent, especially once you know they're, like, magic. There's almost like a vibration or a, a sense to it. Yeah, because I'm imagining, like, an item this powerful, even if it's, if it looks mundane, it has to be affecting us or the space around it in some way. It's interesting. It actually isn't. Okay. Right now, which again, it should be a hundred percent that like if you were to see another object of focus, that would be the case. And like to the point where like the desk of doing feels more magical than maybe, this right now. Maybe it doesn't until somebody attunes to it. And potentially if this was created at the time Prince Robard died, there would not have been anyone to use it. It could be that nobody has ever tapped its power or attuned to it. It could be dormant. Checkers in his head is kind of going through a, well, Perga had part of an object of focus, <laughs> and she was a really good adventurer. And the King of Strife had a whole object of focus. Had a whole object of focus. He had many. Had many <laughs> objects of focus. And some people say he was the best adventurer. Sir, <laughs> <laughs> mm. one out of one checkers poll say mm. he might be the best he adventurer. He might be the best adventurer. Hey, uh, Val. What'd you say it did again? <laughs> Boy, you know who needs no <laughs> sense of fear? <laughs> Definitely checkers. You want to know what Sophie wants to tell checkers? What's that? Makes you poop. <laughs> <laughs> I'll still take it. Oh, like, I was going to say, that might actually me. sell it yeah. more. Yeah. Because now he's yeah, just that's giving it to people. Yeah. Dude, that's you're you're telling me there's a command word yeah. that will allow me to slip it on? on? I can poop on anything whenever I want? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that. <laughs> I will, I will literally smell. trade you anything. <laughs> right. You can even have mango. Yeah, here's yeah. mango. <laughs> Mango, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Mango just nods. Mango solemnly. understands. It's like, yes, yeah, yeah. I get is, it, bro. This is right. Yep. We'll see you sometimes. Yep. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so what, what did that do, what did that ring do, Val? Val will tell checkers what it does. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Neat. Mm. Yeah. Anybody want it? Well, that, that, so that that's mm-hmm. is like, you know, is somebody going to use that? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Val, I feel like Val looks pointedly at Cass. I will use it. How do you, how do I, you feel about wearing objects of focus, though? I feel like he feels better about it, but like not to knock like Valeska's magical detection skills, but he's still not convinced that this is actually an object of focus. Partly just because like the sheer incredulity of finding one on the ground. And it's really just Val going off of like assumptions. You know, it's like, okay. Based off of the situation, it might be. And if it is, it's just, like, oh. <laughs> he trusts you. It's just one of those things that, like, in his mind, in the stories, like Checker said, like, these things 
are incredibly magical. Yeah. And we found a silver ring in the middle of a field, and it just looks like a ring. So, like, it's probably a very strong magical item, but, like, object of focus, probably not. I mean, You Catherine... found in the dirt. No, no, no. We were given... <laughs> On the ground. <laughs> <laughs> There's just no handy end table to leave it on. Yeah, that's fair. So, Selv will not ask for it. But if the, the group decides that Selv is the best to take it, there's not an issue there. Steve but he wants will, it. <laughs> he, he will, he, Selv, Selv will not, like, say, hey, that's for me, you know. Mm-hmm. Val will say to the group that the only reason I would want this ring was to learn more about it. I don't think I should wear it. I can do more research tonight at camp. I can look at it a little bit more. I do think that this would be a benefit to any of us, but in my mind, I do think maybe it would benefit Selv or Cass the most. Sounds good. I think that's fair. Checkers will find you the best thing ever. Oh, I'm just waiting for us to get the net back from the bounds. That is yours for sure. That was a good my, find. Find my on your net part. back from the bounds. <laughs> As I just agreed to, I said that was an excellent find on your part. <laughs> Thanks. God, I hope that net is okay. Because <laughs> also Val just got a wondrous legendary item. Like, she's good. <laughs> don't worry, guys. I don't want it either. <laughs> I, I, was, I was just thinking that, that, that may, you know, well, because the, the fortunate is already does, immune to fear. Yeah, like, does the fortunate have fear? <laughs> the, if yeah. if, a, if the, the face plate of an undead centurion could smirk, that is what they would be doing right now. So, you guys walk. You, the, Val chuckles at the fortunate. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, the fortunate continues leading you guys in as you are discussing who should have the most powerful magic item you've literally ever seen in your entire life. <laughs> Presumably. Maybe. You don't actually know. Again, this is this is truly based off of Val's like, ah, this. it seems like Vibe it just checking. kind of, yeah, it kind of lines up and my magical senses tell me this, blah, blah, blah. You guys are going through again these huge waving blades of grass and you are clomping through the mud and it is slow going. The smell is very intense. It smells like, you know, kind of that mud and grass smell, if you know what I mean, and like kind of polleny and it is not a pleasant experience in here. Even if it, you were not in this kind of strange field, just the mud alone is really hampering your movement. How many woven snowshoes has Val been able to make today? We'll be we'll we'll roll for it. Okay. <laughs> so, Sophie, what's something you guys see that's interesting as you are going? As we're walking, the wind starts to pick up. And as the wind blows through the reeds ahead of us, we hear this low, I don't want to say moan necessarily, but this just like low bass tone that starts and stops 
with the blowing of the wind and the reeds kind of go back to standing up straight and as the wind shifts it blows through the tops of the reeds and creates this low bass note that like the kind that you can kind of feel yeah almost as we see a shorter reed that's growing there's these odd holes at the top and so as the wind blows through this expanse of reeds this sorrowful note follows us as you are walking you are hearing this wail maybe and suddenly as the reeds part right in front of the fortunate but in clear view of you all you see one of those reeds a few feet off the ground and quickly more of the grass and brush and even some some flowers all almost snap together into a humanoid form around this reed which is now taken the form of a mouth and whatever this is looks at you all and says what brings you here and that's rule in this week's episode yay next time flower talk next time flower talk always like buy the cereal you know like the buy six boxes get this much off or whatever Mm -hmm. but before she would buy new cereal we had to finish all the old cereal and you know like you get towards the end of the box you're like i don't want that anymore and she's like no you have to finish it (laughs) so i remember like being left home alone on like a saturday or sunday morning i think my sister was around she was technically old enough to babysit Mm -hmm. but i would take the like tupperware popcorn bowl and just dump all of it. <laughs> Didn't matter oh, no. what cereal it was. Just dump. It was like putting every flavor of soda into one cup. <laughs> but I would just dump whatever we had left over, like cookie crisps, tricks. I don't think we we did like honey nut Cheerios. And it was probably anything. all of like the dust, the bottom. Oh and yeah, all the sugary mm-hmm. bits at the well, end. Well, that's yeah, that's how you flavor your milk. Mm. Oh, the milk after this was gray. <laughs> gross. Not like brown. It was like yeah. great, like a oh, milky no. bluish that's, that's gray. How you, that's how you know you did it right. Yeah, it that's was. That's where the diabetes is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>